0: Hey Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family, welcome to Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela. Today, we are talking about some supernatural phenomena. It's three parts. Part one, we're gonna tell you this amazing story about the Mothman. That's gonna be our jumping off point for part two. We're gonna talk about Theories, and we're going to talk about other phenomena associated with it. And then in part three, we're going to talk about the Mothman today and your stories, which are the most bone-chilling things I think I've ever read in a long time. But first, hey,
1: Scotty. Hey, guys. Well, yeah. you know, this was my idea. It was. And I've truly been, you know, I've, I've truly been fascinated with the Mothman for my whole life. Really? Yeah. I You'd- feel like you could be friends with the Mothman. I, I might've seen them, <laughs> but, um, no, seriously. Um, actually I just saw the movie with Richard Gere and then I was like, oh, let me look into. this. There's a really
0: good movie called the Mothman prophecies with Richard Gere, but it's actually based off, yes. I guess, a, I know a true story.
1: Yeah. I mean, true with we'll coats around out. it. That's yeah, what we'll, the
0: point of this is. Exactly. Okay.
1: We're going to find out if it's true. Yes. It is based off of the Mothman prophecies that was written by author John A. Keel. Uh, originally in 1975.
0: Okay, so that's our jumping-off point. You're going to tell us what happened. Go ahead.
1: Okay, so yeah, just let me just just a quick background on John Keel. He he was a UFOologist. Mm-hmm. I don't know if is that the right correct term. Yeah, UFO-ologist. A UFOologist. Okay, and basically he he lived in New York City, and he was called to this town of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, in the 60s to investigate what was going on. A lot of UFO sightings. A lot of sightings of the, this character called the Mothman. All right, so it takes the story takes place in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, 1967, and the sightings. There's a, there's a lot of different sightings. There's three types of sightings that are going on here. Okay. Okay. There's UFOs. There are men in black. Okay. And we'll get we'll talk about the men in back, black later. Um, that's Actually, the the film Men in Black comes from
0: they coined they
1: coined the term from his this own book.
0: term men yes. in black for yes. their for their movie. correct okay, interesting. John
1: John Keel's term was that's men in black. Term. That's his term. Okay. Yeah, All that's right. his term. And then the Mothman.
0: Okay. Okay. So there's three things going on. There's three on. Okay. things going on. It
1: about 13 months this is taking place for 13 months. And it culminates with the is, there's a bridge. Okay. So point pleasant there it's on the it's the Ohio River. Yes. So it connects West Virginia to Ohio. This mm-hmm. bridge is called the Silver Bridge. Mm-hmm. Okay. And basically, you know, people went back and forth through, for commerce, whatever. They had loved ones on the other side. So it was a very used bridge. Anyway, the Silver Bridge collapses on December 15th, 1967. Uh, 60, oh, sorry, 46 people are killed. Okay. 46 people die in, in, the, in the tragedy. Wow. Okay. okay. But again, 13 months before that, yeah. all these strange UFO sightings, men in black, Mothman are taking place. How many
0: sightings are you talking about?
1: Okay. So for the Mothman itself, just just people who have accounts of seeing the Mothman, over 100 sightings. Whoa. Yeah. And most of the witnesses, when they said the same thing about him, and this is basically what they were all in agreement on.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: It's a gray figure, uh, larger than a man or larger than a large man, let's say. So about six feet in, in height. Uh, wingspan of 10 feet, oh, they Oh, yep, had wings. Yeah, had wings. Okay. Two bulging red eyes. So they all say this. Pretty much every account said this. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, and it flew like a helicopter. So it, they never... People never really saw it flap the wings. It just rises up yeah. like a helicopter does. It just rises up like a That's helicopter. That's very
0: specific.
1: Very specific.
0: Like the way that it, it's movement. Okay.
1: Yeah. And... Along with that, there was a lot of mysterious lights going on at the time. Uh, A lot of animals were killed in brutal manner. Um, They found like a lot of, you know, dead dogs. I don't want to scare the indigos and blues here, but a lot of dead dogs, cows. Like
0: disturbing killings.
1: Disturbing killings were during this time period. And then um, these strange occurrences with these men in black, continuously coming around the town and asking questions. So they and... were
0: just men wearing...
1: Yeah, I'm going to get to the, the men okay. in black in a, in a little bit okay. after, we, after we break.
0: That's a whole thing.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a whole thing. So All let right. me go the first time that the Mothman, or one of the first sightings, this, this is the sighting that basically makes it national headlines.
0: Okay, okay, so these were going on, but this is the one that...
1: This was close to the beginning. There was a couple of accounts before this, but this is the one that starts the, the dam Of people being interested in the dam to break. Yes. The dam to break. Okay. So the first signing was November 15th, 1966. Linda and Roger Scarbury. I hope I pronounced their name right. Scarberg and Stephen and Mary Millette. Okay. I'm sorry if I botched the names. So 1130 p.m. They're hanging out in what they call the TNT area. Okay. The TNT area was this ammunition site. During World War II. So, during World War II, um, this area in the Ohio Valley, near Point Pleasant, was used as a, a huge factory to build uh, munitions for the war.
0: Oh, that's a lot of vibe. Yeah,
1: a lot of vibe there. Like,
0: you're creating things to kill people.
1: Yeah. I Which,
0: mean, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. yeah, that's like a vibe to yeah. me. Okay. Yeah, a lot of Woo.
1: explosives. Yeah. And they hid them. A lot of them were hidden under the ground. Oh All these God. explosives were hidden. Like in bunkers? Like, they called them igloos. Correct. So, they, they had, like, these... Hundreds of igloos that were like kind of like mounds. If you see them, they're they're really creepy. Uh, we'll actually have to probably put a picture of that up somewhere.
0: They look like do they? Oh wow! I know what you mean. Yeah, because they have grass over them and stuff. Right,
1: there's grass over them. There's yes. like a little door oh. to get in. Yeah, um, and there's hundreds of these in this huge, massive area about eight eight thousand acres.
0: Okay, and then
1: there's this factory building weapons and you know whatever they're you know chemicals and all these type of things sure. for world war ii okay but again that's in you know the 1940s now it's abandoned
0: it's abandoned now but
1: there, there's probably stuff still under the ground
0: i would it's abandoned but you're not allowed to go in
1: yeah but the kids the kids in the area all did. everybody all right. all, everybody always did it's like stranger things yeah a little like Stranger Things. okay so anyway the kids <laughs> uh were hanging out 11 30 p.m the TNT area, mm-hmm. maybe there was some Jumanji going on. Who knows? Maybe. And the claim is they saw this Mothman. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, the, they gave the same characteristics, you know, the bulgy red eyes, the the, the wings, the, the the height, the gray. And they they put their foot on the brake. Wow. They claimed they were going a hundred miles an hour mm-hmm. to get rid of them, to get away from them. And he followed them and he was like clanging on their car, they claimed. Really? Yeah, like he banged into their car. He followed them along the highway. Who'd they tell this to? They went to the police they and it, did. Yeah, right out yeah. They did go to the police okay. and then went to the news and got the news outlets picked it up. So
0: they were freaked out enough. Was like a report filed? Did you, did you know that? Yeah,
1: a report was filed. So
0: they were yeah. serious enough to go to the cops.
1: Yeah. These That's... Yeah, the, these are the hundred accounts that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Were all reported accounts oh wow there's probably there could have been more accounts that people right. did not report or maybe people saw it one time and they didn't report it again who knows that says
0: that says to me people believed it
1: people definitely believed it yes yeah and once it broke the news the news story broke mm-hmm. with these, these four kids that had seen the mothman and that basically sent off a frenzy of people starting to pile in to point pleasant west virginia in 1966 and into 1967 Wow. To the to the bridge collapses. Okay. Um. The the Mothman the term they got was from Batman was a huge hit at the time. Okay. The, you know the the, seri- the TV series the TV series not the series. movie yeah the Long TV time series ago, yeah it was huge so they called him, instead of Batman they called him Mothman, Mothman. that's where they got the term from.
0: Okay. Because yeah. maybe the eyes and the wings. And, yes. And
1: um, there are other accounts of Mothmen. Not they don't use the name Mothman in different time periods in our history. Okay. We can get into that in part in two. in part two. Okay. Two. Okay. So, so that's ba- basically the, the story right. behind it. And then here comes John Keel. He hears of this, mm-hmm. you know, this, this encounter and all these encounters, and he's been studying UFOs, and he goes to the town to figure out, to investigate what is going on. And what he uncovers is this whole thing with Mothman, and he gets really involved in it. But what, we can save that for part two.
0: Let's do a couple ads, and then we'll get back into it in part two. Hey, Scotty, we're talking about wild grain. Wild,
1: wild grain, I absolutely <laughs> love it. As you guys know, it got me through my existential crisis when NASA put up the uh, photos. It did. Uh, I love everything. Everything. I love the pasta. I love the croissants. I love the sourdough bread.
0: And it I, ships right to your house, yeah. and it's just amazing stuff. And it's comfort food you can feel good about eating, Wild Grain is the first bake from frozen box for artisanal bread. Plus they have amazing rolls, pastries, and even handmade pastas. Wild Grain only uses clean ingredients such as unbleached and non-GMO flour and utilizes a slow sourdough fermentation process that's better for you and Tastes better than anything you can find in a grocery store. It's also very filling, I have to say, I think, because it's healthier. Plus, for every new member, Wild Grain donates six meals to the Greater Boston Food Bank. They've donated over 120,000 meals so far. Here's how it works. Sign up and choose which type of box you want to receive and how often. Then Wild Grain delivers for free a box of breads, pastas, and pastries with easy-to-follow instructions. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. Traveling? freezer already stocked, no problem. It's easy to reschedule, skip, or even cancel. Hungry already? For a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash K-Y-A to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash KYA. That's wildgrain.com slash KYA. Or you can use promo code KYA at checkout. You just need to take better care of yourself is not a response to mental health struggles. You know, you live with it. Sometimes you need something more to achieve a real and lasting breakthrough. Maybe it's time you check out a guided ketamine therapy program from Mindbloom. Mindbloom is a leader in at-home ketamine therapy, offering a combination of science-backed medicine with clinician and guide support for people looking to improve their mental health and well-being. Mindbloom connects patients to licensed psychiatric clinicians to help them achieve better outcomes with lower cost. greater convenience, and an artfully crafted experience. To begin, take Mindbloom's online assessment to determine if Mindbloom is right for you. If approved, you'll schedule a video consult with a licensed clinician where you'll discuss your goals and expectations for mental health treatment. Mindbloom will send you a kit in the mail complete with medicine, treatment materials, and tips for getting the most out of your experience. After only two sessions, 87% of Mindbloom clients reported improvements in depression and 85% reported improvements in anxiety. It's time to enter the next chapter in mental health and well-being. Let Mind Bloom guide you. Right now, Mind Bloom is offering our listeners $100 off your first 6-session program when you sign up at mindbloom.com/kya. Go to mindbloom.com slash KYA for $100 off your first six session program today. That's mindblue.com slash KYA. Hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. Okay. So we have all these sightings going on in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. It garners national attention. John Keel, this UFOologist and journalist decides to go right in there. And what happens next?
1: Alright, so enter Mary Hire. Okay. Okay, she is gonna become like his confidant, his pal, his buddy. Some people say there might have been something going on between the two of them. Okay. But she is the local reporter for Point Pleasant. So for their for like their newspaper, she also has a column. You know, today we'd have like a blog or your, your Instagram post. But sure. She she had like the, the column at the time. What was it about? Like just Usually, usually it was just about, like, happenings at Point Pleasant. Okay. But when the sightings happen with the Mothman and the UFO and these men in black, which we're going to get to right in two seconds now, she's the one that they tell. So she's like – I would say she's like the pulse of Point Pleasant. Like she's like the, the person you go to. If you're coming in from all over the country and you want to know what's going on here with these UFOs and the Mothman, Mary Heyer is the person – you're going to go to. Okay. Yeah. All right. So my question to you, actually, I'm going to turn the tables here for a second. What are her colors? We so have that, to know this. No,
0: that's really interesting because I, I, you gave me people's names and then without knowing the story and I grabbed photos so I could look at their auras and looking at Mary higher, she's green and she's blue too. Okay. So she's, but she's got this vibe and it's kind of, um, it's a little kooky. But it's also very earnest, and I feel like she loves her town, which makes sense. Right. That's th- like I would have said like she really loves loves what she does, loves her town. and I do feel like with her she has an ability to see beyond if things logically make sense. So being green, green I feel like she's an open minded green person, and she feels like she can really gather a lot of vibes when she does... I feel like that's how she connects. Like, she would write, and when she wrote, it made, like, a psychic connection to the town. So even writing about, oh, we had this festival, or or, this is what's happening in the school this weekend, or here's our seasonal whatever going on. When she's doing that in kind of a green person way, like, very factual and, and reporter, but cute and quaint and all that, there's a heart to it. That's how she's making these these energetic connections with her town, which I could totally see some other entity hopping in on it. Kind of like a highway to get messages to her.
1: Okay. it's so interesting. It's, and she did yeah. have some premonitions. Okay. Um, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you about the men in black and then we'll go to this premonition. Okay. All right. So she saw these people that are called the men in black. She was one of the first people to witness it. Okay. So what were the men in black? All right. Now these, there were many, many accounts of these. Okay. And they all kind of had the same description of these people, or maybe they weren't people. Right. Uh, they were oddly dressed. They had long, pointy fingers. They had pointy features. They all said this? They all said this. That's crazy. Pretty much every single person said this, the same exact so description. So real quick. Yes.
0: Did this make the news too, or is this something that happened after John Keel showed up?
1: This happened, I think, before John Keel okay. showed up. Okay. Yeah, that people were saying that. Men in black. The 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 big thing that made them news, and I'm I'm sure this might have too was the UFO sightings and the Mothman. The Mothman was like the the draw. Okay. Everyone would wait every night at the TNT area. (laughs) Yeah. They called it the TNT area. Right. And they would hope to see the Mothman.
0: You know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Now John Keel actually was also doing this at the time. I'm getting a little off track here, but he would go to different spots. He was looking more to find UFOs Mm
0: -hmm. and men in black. Okay, sorry, get back. Right, So okay. long pointy features. Long pointy
1: features, uh dark suits, black suits, outdated. Okay, so they weren't like suits of the time period. Ooh. Um old cars, but they were brand new. Weird. So they were like they pull up in like a nineteen you know, fifties Buick, remember it's the sixties, but the car should be old, but it was brand new looking.
0: And everybody said this. Who saw most
1: that? everyone said that That's dark olive complexion. Okay. Um and then there was like a lot of accounts of them acting strange. So there was one account where they walked, these men in black walked into a diner and they didn't know how to use utensils. Huh. They didn't know what like a fork and a spoon was. Oh my God. Yeah.
0: That's
1: creepy. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, they had accounts where they didn't know speech or they like, they didn't know certain words or they, they had to slow down their talking or speed up their talking. So they, frequencies. Weird, yeah, okay. their frequencies. Yeah, their frequencies. Now, John Keel's theory on this, mm-hmm. and we can maybe get this more a little bit later, is that they're maybe ultra terrestrials. Oh. That they're of Earth, or, or not of this earthly plane, but from a different time, different time in history.
0: So, like, it's a different pl- plane of existence? It's a different
1: plane of existence. They're all, like, they didn't come from out, like, they didn't come from, the like, traditional outer space, you know? They didn't come from some planet.
0: Right. They, they keep- were,
1: they, they're on Earth, but they're on Earth in a different. Time and dimension? Time I and mean, dimension. Yeah, Do they that,
0: know that they're crossing into this dimension? Like they're able to cross into this dimension. They're aware of it.
1: Well, John Keel says, mm-hmm. again, this is just John Keel says, that they they don't even know, like they that's why they wear the outdated suit because they don't know that to be in with the with the current trend.
0: Well, just like if we went to a different plane, we wouldn't know either. Yeah. yeah like they have the old. Wrong. Right. They have
1: the old car because they think that's what everyone's using. Oh. It's really strange. It's very strange. Did,
0: okay. Yeah. How does he know so much about them?
1: Well, this is just his inter. I, this is inter- his interpretation. Right. So, okay. I okay. Mean, All right. But Mary, Mary Heyer saw these people. They and everyone gets like freaked out when they see them. It's like it's something that's very creepy. Yeah, it's
0: creepy. Yeah, it's
1: very. They get real freaked out and. John Keel had a lot of experiences with the the men in black too, which I can get to in a second.
0: But when I look at her picture, she, yeah. doesn't, she doesn't look like – I mean, I don't know her. This is just like my energy. She doesn't feel like a liar to me.
1: Yeah. And she and she did – I don't know. Do you get a psychic vibe off of her? She
0: feels very psychic, but I don't know if she'd call it that. Yeah. I, I mean, because I really see like off of her like energy waves that other things can hijack and get into her. If, if she's the one that is kind of like you said, the pulse of the town. Yes. Or if she's the one that's kind of like the message board for the town, if something's trying to give her a message, they're going to do it because she's the reporter. Like that's her manifestation of actually her ability to read the energy in the town and connect to it. So something could pick that up and just interpret that as, oh, people listen to her. This is a person to give visions to. This is a person to give messages to. This is a person to talk to because she reaches a lot of people. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of She's sense. She's like a message board.
1: Yeah, and I do want to say just cuz about premonitions, she did tell John according to John Keel, she did tell him that she had this dream where it was she didn't know what time it was but there were a lot of presents in the water. Oh my god. And some <gasps> something had happened on the Ohio River. She didn't know was, what.
0: It was Christmas time. It was
1: Christmas time and, and it, the presents Oh my god. chill! so she saw a lot of presents floating in the water. Oh she my had god. like some ominous sign that maybe something was going to, a premonition that something was going to happen, and she told John Keel. Okay. Um, And John Keel is also going to have visions of something that's going to happen, too, which I'll get to soon. Okay. All right, enter Connie Carpenter. She is the niece of Mary Heyer. Okay. She's young. I I think she was, I think she was 20 at the time. Mm -hmm. I could be off by a year or two on that. I apologize. Uh, Now, she claims to have met the Mothman face-to-face. Broad daylight. Okay. Most of the accounts are at night. You know, they're in the TNT area. It's dark at night. You know, it's yeah. 12 o'clock. You know, it's midnight. And that's her niece? This is her niece. That's, yeah, this okay. is her niece. And it was probably a small... I mean, it was a small town. Yeah, it's a lot true. Of it's a probably, small yeah, town. Yeah, yeah. okay. That makes do. sense now. This is November 27th, 1966. She says she locked eyes with the Mothman in broad daylight. Uh she then quickly. What happened was she. What was she doing? Yeah, she was coming home from church. She was on a highway. Oh, one she was of the roads. driving. She was driving. Yeah, driving. Um, her eye. After it, she sped off. I think you know again, a hundred miles per hour, whatever it was. She, her eyes. When they saw her, her eyes were inflamed. They were totally swollen. She had, uh, I think they said conjunctivitis or something okay. like that, like which is just, I don't know, something with her eyes based on exposure to ultraviolet rays
0: okay so so she had some reaction to ultraviolet rays probably from looking at him
1: possibly something yeah okay and then she did also tell you know she told her family and then she told the police she told mary and then she had run-ins with the men in black so actually she had one of the scarier run-ins where one of them tried to actually i don't know know if they were like physically a, a little bit of a physical encounter where they were really trying to scare her and tell her, you know, you never talk about this. I know, you know, I know where you live and things like that is what she said.
0: So they were – talk about what? That she saw the Mothman or I talk assume, about that I, she saw them?
1: Vague, but I would assume the Mothman. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so her account is, is considered like one of the real major accounts of the time. Do you have – I don't know if you – have her colors.
0: Yeah. So I found a picture of her and it's interesting. It's an older picture of her, like where she's older in this picture. And even though she's older, she feels very childlike to me. Um, she's, she's uh yellow purple. I bet she was pink as a kid. I bet anything. If I saw a picture of her as a kid, she was pink. Anyways, my point being that I can see a lot of people not taking her seriously about any like normal things. And then this happens And I feel like just... I'm getting like her later in life, this picture. I feel like it really affected her that people didn't believe her. Yeah. Which tells me she believed it. And it... Because she's affected by people not believing her, if that makes sense. Like, she almost feels victimized by people ridiculing her. And she's yellow-purple in this picture, but, like, she just feels like she was probably a pink kid. So, pink people usually are used to being ridiculed. So... I mean, this is something she could just say anything in life throughout, have a normal life, never meet the Mothman or talk about anything and they're going to ridicule her for things. So this is like just a pattern for her I'm getting, but it's just interesting the angle I get because she feels victimized by people not believing her and she feels like kind of stuck in that mentality. So for me, just looking at it, it's like something happened with her in life where she feels like people aren't kind to her. And and so I, I mean... It's an interesting story. Yeah. Again, she, I feel like she believes it, and I feel like her aunt believes it. So far, okay. the people, these they, two. They believe it. At least they believe what they saw. Okay. You know.
1: She, and she also does claim that she saw the Mothman one more time. She went back, when John Keel came, they went to the TNT area, and she claims that no one else saw the Mothman that time, but she claims that she saw him again, or whatever, the entity again. In the, factory. the
0: only thing I can say about that is just in people in general who like her, she does feel more vulnerable for a lot of things in life. People being nasty to her, being victimized by people, being singled out of a crowd and hurt in other ways by people her whole life. And I do feel like entities and other energies can take advantage of people the same way. Okay. And, and so I think like sometimes people that are a little bit more vulnerable to that stuff will see it more.
1: All right, and I mean, just to put this out here, and I know we'll, we'll get into it a little bit more later, but you know, November fifteenth, those first sightings of those those four people that saw it mm-hmm. that saw off the frenzy. Now it's november twenty seventh two weeks later. Is Connie Carpenter want to getting in on the fun? You know, does she want to... You know, that's what I... As a skeptic, I ask. You but, have to
0: ask that. Yeah. Yeah. And she also... And I think that that's because of that pink aura that I bet she had back then a right. little bit more. Right. That's exactly what they would attack her with. Right. Oh, you're looking for attention? Because that's what pink auras get told a lot. You know, you're looking for attention. You want to be kind of like the, the damsel in distress. I totally feel... And whether that's true or not, I feel like she is affected by that. Okay. So it's almost like... And that's interesting, too, just on my... Sometimes I have to look at how I'm reading things and be like, what does that mean? Because I don't always know the answer. I just, like, know the energy. (laughs) Which is interesting to me. She feels more affected by the people not believing her than, like, a mothman coming at her. That's interesting that that you said that. Yeah. Because... That could mean something too. Okay. So, so far, you know. All right. So, the, and again, sure.
1: the book is filled with characters. I couldn't pick them all. We'd be here for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> read, you could, of course, you could read the book, the book for yeah. yourself. All right. The, the last character I, I selected was a guy named Woodrow Derenberger. Okay. I apologize again if I said his name wrong. His case is a little bit different. He's got a little bit different descriptions and things of that nature. So he he's a little bit different. And John Keel also says in this. Book uh, that his Woodrow's descriptions are a little bit different than the average person that he interviewed that had seen a UFO. Okay. Okay. So he this is 1966. Again, we're in West Virginia. Uh, Woodrow's on his way home. He had to stop his truck because he had a uh something in the in the trunk was jostled and he stopped the car late at night, gets out of the car, turns around, looks. And he claims that a man-like figure gets out of an aircraft. Oh. A UFO. Or, you know, whatever like, you want to call it. The
0: UFO is where?
1: The UFO is, like, right in front of him.
0: Okay, so let me just... Hold on. Yeah, he go over par- Something's jostling in his trunk. He parks. He gets out. Then he notices a huge UFO in front of him. He sees... Yeah, he sees <laughs> okay. the lights. Then he's like, oh, Yeah, okay. he sees the lights. <laughs> okay. Yep.
1: And then... Yeah, he knows... The
0: <laughs> right, <laughs> just right. trying to, like, put it together. Yeah.
1: This, this one gets a little kooky. Right. This is where it gets a little kooky. And... So, some, some sort of aircraft, someone comes out of it. Okay. A man, I guess, or an entity, whatever you want to call it. He comes up to his car. The, the entity does. Did he describe it? Yes, he did. Okay. And now the he never talked to him. He talks to him telepathically. Okay. But he said he's had a whole conversation with him. Okay. Again, telepathically. When we've done an episode on telepathy, so maybe it's possible. <laughs> he says his name is Indrid Cold. Indrid Cold. Okay. Okay. He go, you know, he has the conversation, gets back in his car, goes to his home, tells the media, tells the police, tells the press, and this starts also a major frenzy. There are people day and night at his house, stalking his, you know, on his yard, waiting for this Ingrid Cole and spaceship to arrive. So it is just constant. He tells John Keel about this. Mm-hmm. John Keel comes, interviews him. He's a reporter, a journalist. He tells him about all these other encounters. That, oh. Because Indrid Cole keeps popping up with this guy. So Indrid Cole keeps over and over appearing. In fact, Indrid Cole takes him to his home planet. What? I forgot the name <laughs> of his planet, but he takes him <laughs> to a planet. Okay. Um, he tells him all the, these things, you know, about other life and things of that nature. He... He did claim that he suffered from headaches and Woodrow claimed that he suffered from headaches and depression mm. um, so so th- this is one's a little strange you know there there are things in here where he talks about time losing time where that he would go with injured, cold and he, maybe he would you know see things that would take ye- you know maybe years to get to these planets who knows but it would only be a matter of 10 15 20 minutes
0: does he have a family Yes. Guy?
1: Yeah, he got well, he got divorced.
0: Okay. Yeah, he did have a
1: wife, but the wife said he was obsessed. That's all he would talk about was injured Cole. Oh,
0: that's interesting. Yeah,
1: all he would talk about was. She is divorced Indrid
0: him Cold. because you know And I think he remarried, actually.
1: Oh, did he? Yeah, I think so. All right. So from the home planet. Like I, Yeah, maybe who knows? <laughs> but he's he's an interesting character because again, he John Keel says it doesn't fit all the narrative, but yeah. this guy, I mean, John Keel, I don't think he, how does this guy I mean he has to believe himself? Whether whether you think he's crazy or yeah. he's really being visited by injured Cold, he believes it, I think.
0: So I got a picture of him. Okay,
1: well, yeah, what's and his take?
0: this one stresses me out more than anybody. Okay. Um it's an old photo, but he's very red. He's a red aura. Ooh. And the word that comes to my mind is intense. Intense. Like to the point where you would have to agree with him just to get him kind of out of your face. Like, okay, okay to- I totally believe you. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, please go away. Like, very intense. And uh, can't handle... And again, I believe that he believes himself.
1: Right. That, this well, that, guy. That's what I thought. I, yeah. really,
0: I believe that he believes himself, even though that's such a crazy story. And I feel like he's obsessed with other people believing what he's saying. And... I can see, and you guys, I don't know if you know what happened to this guy, but I, I get this feeling he had to submerge himself in a world where you would believe him, which would be a totally different crowd of people and a totally different pseudoscience community or something. He, yeah, he
1: left the area. He, did leave, he got remarried. I believe he got remarried and left the area.
0: Yeah, because so. I see, like, he can't handle people not believing him, so he has to go around people that would believe him like yeah. that, because there are people that are, like, totally, you know, there are yeah. people like that. Most people aren't like that, but there are a lot of people who are like that, and I feel like he's just, he's just so red, and so he's got a kind of a sales vibe to me, though, so that's, like, the other thing, like, he's trying to sell it, sell it, sell it, in a way, and I wonder, I don't know him at all, this is just my psychic take, um, just, I mean, yes, he believes himself. There's a huge intensity, but just like with his colors and the way that he projects himself, it feels almost controlling. So, I don't know. Like, yeah. you know, it would, it turns me off all okay. bit. Like the other two that we looked at, like especially Mary, like I believe them. But this guy, yeah. I thought that I don't believe that he believes himself. It's just I don't know.
1: You believe he believe you believe that he believes himself. It got a but, little bit
0: like yeah, like when when yeah. you said the wife said he was
1: just in, obsessed.
0: Yeah, I, I get that off yeah. him. It's it's a little weird.
1: All right. I think we need to take a little break. I want to then talk about John Keel, the stuff he saw, and then I really want to know his colors. Hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. Hey, after reading the Mothman <laughs> Prophecies and talking about it for the last week. I definitely need some dad grass.
0: Yeah, dad grass. Well, that'll mellow you out. Will keep in your head clear and ease away any stress of this day. Dad grass is legal organic hemp that relaxes your body and mellows your mind. Dad grass CBD products are made with 100% organic hemp that's easy to dose and the effects come on smooth. They offer a variety of products from their token smokable pre-rolled joints as well as hemp flower and a variety of CBD tincture drops. Enjoy the effects of CBD while keeping a clear head. All Dadgrass products are federally legal for ages 18 and older and it ships right to your door anywhere in the US. Go to dadgrass.com KYA to check out their products. Whether you're looking for a new buzz or a chill way to enjoy an old Favorite Dadgrass will leave you in a euphoric mood. Right now, Dadgrass is offering our listeners 20% off your first order. When you go to dadgrass.com/slash KYA, go to dadgrass.com/slash KYA for 20% off your first order. That's dadgrass.com/slash KYA. Hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. All right. So, John Keel, what happens next?
1: All right, so let me get into John Keel now. Now, remember, he's getting the calls. He doesn't, he's not from Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. He's from New York City. He's, he lives in New York City. But he's getting calls to come to Everyone's saying, you got to get to West Virginia. You got to get to West Virginia. Because remember, he's big in the UFO field. Mm-hmm. He gets there, and he's hearing all the accounts, and he goes out with uh, uh, Connie Carpenter. He's made friends with Mary Heyer. And now things start to get weird for him. Again, he he's there, and now he's really getting involved. He's starting to see the UFOs. He's having encounters. What are these
0: UFOs people are seeing?
1: Like every night, he goes up on like the, this hillside top, and he's seeing all these weird and strange lights. Okay, uh, constantly seeing them. He he's now talking to Woodrow. He's getting really involved with the injured Cold thing. Okay, you know, and he's claiming now that he's talking to. <laughs> Men in black as well. Oh, they're talking to him they're now. They're talking to him now. He okay. sees them all over town. Yeah. Uh, he, he's, they, they're trying to stop him from interviewing all the people of the town.
0: Interesting. Yeah.
1: They, they're making up, uh, scenarios where they call people like impersonating him. He like, he's. Claiming, you know, it almost oh, sounds wow. like he's getting a little paranoid here. Yeah, or maybe he's not. I don't know yet. We're not going to get there right now. Yeah, but he's, you know, he, they don't want him interviewing. They don't want him snooping. These men in black. Mm-hmm. He sees them all over town. They're following him. He go and he's always going back from West Virginia to New York. West Virginia to New York. Mm-hmm. He's claims that all his phone, his phones are tapped in New York. He's got like the running these huge, huge phone bills, and he keeps calling the the phone company and. You know, he can't understand why. That's
0: crazy. Almost like like the energy is getting outsourced or something. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then
1: they couldn't figure it out. The phone company. And it, apparently someone took another line out in his name. Oh. So they were making calls from him. According to him, according to John Keel, to other people, they and using his name. But
0: this is the '60s. how this like, is the what, '60s? What phone line are they using?
1: This is your landline. <laughs> this, is the, yeah, <laughs> this is not a cell phone. This is landline. Yeah, and
0: like when he's calling, like let's say he's in Point Pleasant, he's calling people, You'd call from your hotel phone or so. I don't understand
1: that. Part. Yeah, from yeah, he's well, he goes back to New York a lot, so okay. he's going back West Virginia, New York, and then when he's in his apartment in New York, they okay. tapped his phones. Okay, you know, you know a lot of weird. Things like that. He's also claiming that he's getting premonitions from the men in black, like kind of like, or this injured cold even. I'm not even sure that some disaster is going to happen in the Ohio Valley.
0: But he wrote this book. Yeah. When? After the disaster happened, right? He
1: writes this book in, yes, 1975.
0: That's right. you know, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like.
1: Yeah. So, but he's also claiming that these, they're telling, they're trying to tell him things he's claiming that they're trying to tell him things. And a lot of people – a- one theory, and we didn't get to this yet, was that the Mothman was there as a prophet or some- to tell the people that a tragedy was going to happen. Like a heartbringer
0: happen. of doom. Yes,
1: and moths throughout history have been considered a symbol of a disaster waiting to happen oh, throughout really? history. So yeah. That's
0: interesting that they were calling it that, and right. that's what it symbolically R- means. Exactly.
1: So I- and here's the thing. On December 15th, yeah. when this tragedy happens, when the, the bridge collapses – which we can talk about now, he claimed that something was good. Uh, John Keel didn't know what he thought it was going to be something with electricity okay. was going to happen on that day. Something weird with electricity. It wasn't electricity. It was the snapping of the, of the cables that broke the, uh, the bridge.
0: Did he write this down before it happened?
1: Okay. So that's a great question. And here, here's the thing. First of all, the accounts that he's taking are third hand. Okay. And he's almost, he's like a, almost like in some ways, I know he gets really involved it, but he's also a it's like a secondhand account. We have to also take into the fact that he's the writer. Okay. Mm -hmm. He wrote this book. We weren't, I wasn't there. You weren't there. I wasn't even born yet. We weren't even born yet when he wrote it. And this is his take on it. Mm -hmm. So the, you know, this becomes a New York times bestseller. There was an author who wrote about it beforehand, I think about five years earlier than him. Didn't get any play. Oh. The book didn't get play. Yeah. This book becomes a bestseller. There's a movie with Richard Gere made about it. Yeah. But that's later. That's 20 years later. I think 2002-ish. 2002 2002- That's a good
0: 2002-ish. movie. It's a good movie.
1: So, you know, and in it, he's got a very big ego. He talks about himself. Like, everybody wanted to see me. Yeah. Everyone was waiting for me to come to the, web, to yeah. the, to the TNT oh, area. Oh, that's how he talks
0: about himself like yeah, that? Yeah. Like, um. Everyone was
1: wondering, where's John Keel? You know, like that <laughs> kind of stuff. Okay. So, you know, he... Here's my problem with it. He's in, like he's going there to report. Yes. And if a true reporter, I think, takes himself out of the they, equation. Yes. And you just report what these people are telling you. But now he's in the story. He's mm-hmm. becoming. The Connie Carpenter. He's becoming yeah. the Mary Hire. Yeah. He's not from Point Pleasant. He's right. just the guy that's supposed to report on Point Pleasant.
0: Right. He becomes kind of the star of the yeah, show. Yeah, now
1: he's the guy talking to the men in black. Yeah. And he's the guy that everyone's tapping their phone his phones and they all want him. Right. So the thing I have to ask is what are his colors? All
0: right. So he was easy to find a phone. Yeah, of.
1: he was real easy to find.
0: You know, he's green and purple. Okay. Um, the green's a little funny, it's a little chameleon-y. Okay. All right, because it's kind of like in and out. Um, I guess there's a lot of, I think if you go into the UFO land, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of green purples there because they can put logic and the woo woo together, which is always interesting to hear about. That's how we like to usually gravitate to it. Also green purple people can be real showboaters. They can, um, a lot of them are in the entertainment industry, artists and creators and actors and all sorts of things. So he's got that definite showmanship. So I, with, when I look at him I feel like he's a showman. So something I and sometimes showmen really bother me because something real I feel was probably happening there but when somebody like this comes and grabs it they wrap it up in so much I don't know frill and lights and you know all this stuff that it actually takes away the truth of it or that nugget of truth that's actually in there maybe it isn't so magical, you know, or it maybe isn't so ridiculous or maybe isn't so out there or attention grabbing, but it's true. And so, I mean, that's what I, and I don't know him and this is just my psychic take, but I feel like he took truth and he put a lot of his own sprinkles on it to make it. And, and, and in a way, maybe nobody would have heard about this if he didn't do that. So I can always put a little bit of a positive spin on things. Yeah. Um, because, it does grab our attention. I feel like there is something to it, but I feel like he's he, he his motives and his intentions were, look at me <laughs> and right. look how cool and, yeah. and I want to make money and like stuff like that.
1: No, he definitely brings attention to, this. and he must yeah. be like
0: a celebrated ufologist, well, yeah. like which would probably annoy other ufologists who are more into reporting exactly the facts and not the sparkles. Yeah, I mean he
1: he is. The star of this, thing.
0: he's the showman. Yeah. yeah,
1: I mean, he even opens up in his in the first. Now I'm just remembering in the first uh, chapter, he you know he 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 tells this man you know dressed in black with you know shoes everything walks up to a house in the middle of nowhere. It's the middle of the night, and the the people open the door and they're all freaked out, right? And they go to the local press the next day and say, "Oh my god, we've seen the men in black! It must be aliens!" And then he's like. That was me. My car had broken down, and so, I had needed a phone. You know, so it's like he's like he's, in, he's a flair for the drama. He's got a flare for the drama. Yeah, yeah, and you know, there's and there's so many accounts in here, and you know, with me in my in my red mind, I start breezing <laughs> through a lot of these accounts because you know, they're, they're look if all of these were true, it's the end of the world as we know it. <laughs> <laughs> So
0: Right. Yeah.
1: So, okay. Well, that makes sense. The green purple makes sense.
0: No, I feel like there's something happening here, and it's true because, like, I look at – especially Mary Hyger, you know, she feels very honest to me and genuine, and I feel like something was trying to speak to her. Yeah. And something was really trying to speak to her, but then, you know, she was never going to get out there more than her column, and people like John Keel can kind of be like, oh, let me take that and – you know, blow it up a little bit better.
1: Yes. And he, and he was able to do that with this book where the other guy, the, I can't remember the name of the first person. Yeah. Could not. Yeah. And then, you know, it came out five years later. And but worked. it was
0: probably just a little bit more true and less interesting.
1: Yeah. And I'm yeah. sure from 1975 to 2002, he was pitching every producer, maybe even the Kardashian producers, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, to make this into a movie. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So. There were, there were some inter- – he did tell you a lot of interesting things in the book, though, as well. It he doesn't h-
0: mean he's not a smart guy yeah. with theories who believes it.
1: Yeah, and the first thing that actually stood out to me was West Virginia. Uh, okay, so the story yeah. mostly takes – a little bit on, in Ohio because remember I told you the bridge. You mm-hmm. cross the Ohio River. You're back in Ohio. But mostly it's West Virginia. And he said you know, every time he went to West Virginia, he had a weird feeling.
0: Yeah.
1: And the first thing I thought was – well, that's us. Yeah. You always have a yeah. weird feeling in West Virginia, and
0: Bri does too. Our thirteen year old. Can you explain it? Ever since I be, we've, I've traveled through West Virginia many times, many many times in my life, just, just between Buffalo and Florida, and just like other times and whatever. Even before this, it, the second you said it was West Virginia, I was like, "That makes sense." And I it, every time, and I've been to well, how many? I've been to like forty five states or something. something like okay, that. so I've been to a lot of different states. I've never had the feeling I have in West Virginia. And that is people don't belong there. That's the feeling I have when we drive through. I would love to test myself on this. I feel like I could blindfold myself and know when I'm in West Virginia, if we're on a road trip or something, because yeah. I, it's just some vibe when we're in that state. It's really, it just doesn't it feels like it's for nature and not me nature and not people. It's not for people. People aren't welcome there or something. And that's just, I've always had a weird vibe there. And it's interesting because we went went on vacation this summer and I never know where I am. If you know me, I can't find my way out of a paper bag. I never know where I am. And we stayed in two different parts in Virginia. And the first part we stayed, and I didn't know this till like after Bree and I were like, God, it's such a weird vibe here. And I got I got over it because I'm like, well, we're on vacation. I'm just going to get over it, even though it's a really weird vibe here. But Brie did not handle it well. And then later, you were like, you know, we were, after you read this book, you're like, so weird because we were on the West Virginia border. Yeah. Like that. And I'm like, that makes sense because it's just like get out feeling like that.
1: Yeah. So.
0: So that's interesting. Yeah, he said Why that. Why does he say that it's a vibe? Did he look into that at all? Yeah, he
1: even said like the, like. There were Native Americans there, but he even said they kind of tried to stay clear of that region. Oh, really? Yeah, he just said that it was just an er area. A lot of
0: awful things happen in West Virginia too. You know, just books I've read about the coal mining industry and just like how they rip up nature there, and there's just no, there isn't always like a lot of uh, thought for human, the humans that live there too, and there's a lot of um, Hmm. disrespect. Okay, going on.
1: Yeah, all right. I mean, like to the environment and to the people. All I will say is. since I've known you, you guys have you always said that West Virginia <laughs> so is right a weird there, energy every time. I
0: agree with John Key. All right. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
1: Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline.
0: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled
1: workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders.
0: VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career.
1: The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need.
0: Explore more stories like Alex's at Meta.com slash Metaverse (laughs) Impact.
1: All right. You know, the other things, you know, he does have another interesting point that he makes about culture and, you know, what do you want to call these entities, monsters, UFOs, whatever. Mm -hmm. And and he brings up this point of, of the Garuda. OK, What's so that? the Garuda. we have to go if we go back to Hinduism and, and then later Buddhism, they they have this deity that this divine creature that is like the king of the birds and looks very, you know, similar in ways to the Mothman. OK, so, I, you know, he likes to and it was like the protector. Oh, so that kind of considered chills. like a protector and it can fly away swiftly, they said, you know. Kind of the same thing that people were seeing with the Mothman. And so
0: people have seen that throughout time?
1: Yeah, that, and he does that a lot. He, you know, he's saying you know, no matter when, where, whatever, throughout time, these things have happened. Okay. You know, just because it was UFOs in the 1960s doesn't mean he was talking about in the 1400s that people were claiming to see witches on broomsticks yeah, flying through I, the air. So it's
0: a cultural – Yeah. in our culture today, we see a light in the sky. We're like, oh, UFO. Correct. Maybe like two hundred years ago, it was something else. Right, right. Fourteen
1: hundreds a, it's a witch. So on a yeah,
0: like in B. What do they call BCE times? We're going to call that a god or something. Right. Yeah.
1: Something. Yeah. Like the Greek, myth Greek uh, gods in mythology, like right. Zeus and
0: yeah, but it's something.
1: It's some. It's always something. He says like, and that's why he comes up with this theory where he doesn't believe that what he's seeing, the Mothman, and the, is is from a different planet, so to say. It's like, it's not, ex- he doesn't call it extraterrestrial. Okay. He calls it ultra terrestrial, meaning it's okay. coming from this earthly, our earth, but from maybe a different time period or that has spanned the okay. space time continuum, yeah. which has been fr- with us from the time of the Romans and the Greeks to Point Pleasant, West Virginia. To today.
0: And, and maybe there's different, like, portal places where yes, it where could be. where the it gets thinner and you can travel between. Right,
1: right. exactly. Then you think when we were in uh, Casadega, Florida, didn't you say that felt like a portal the type place? The whole thing felt
0: like a portal place. Like, I don't feel like we pick places on accident.
1: So is this Point Pleasant, West Virginia area, the Ohio Valley?
0: Maybe it's a portal, portal place. place? Yeah, like, yeah, like maybe something where it's just a little thinner. The dimension thing, like the overlapping dimensions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, that... That's interesting to me, Yeah, you know, because, and that, even if like, let's say we just go there (laughs) because when we talk about space travel, you're like to get billions of light years, miles, that that doesn't make sense. And, and people are always like, why are the UFOs here? And then they just leave. Like, what's the point of coming all the way here? Like, it doesn't make all that
1: thing is how can we never see them in space?
0: How can we never see them in space?
1: How can we never see them flying in?
0: Well, there's not like a ton of people (laughs) watching. I would say maybe that's why.
1: But, but yeah, so it would be
0: okay. Yeah, so all that, like, m- that actually makes more sense that they're coming from a different dimension, that's what he says, or yeah. they're using dimensions yeah. to travel or something. Correct, and we just don't know how to do that yet. Yeah, I, and I did
1: think that was interesting. I, 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 that I, was, is interesting I was getting to be, into that a little bit, and that's
0: interesting because, like, not just what he's talking about with the Hindu Buddhist deity, like, I'm thinking about like Bigfoot or um, anything that we say we all see, correct, maybe it's from another dimension. Instead yeah. of something else. Well, I think the other side is another dimension. Like, when we pass, I feel like we go to another dimension. Yeah. So.
1: And, yeah. and it's, it's interesting because all these things, it's always been throughout time. No matter when, it doesn't matter where you are on the globe, everyone has something for this. Like, this Garuda in Hinduism mm-hmm. now is showing up in... West Virginia. It's as a, a moth man. Like, it's a moth man. So
0: it's just a, it's our cultural conditioning, and then we can project our own stuff on it, too, like UFOs are projecting all our own fears and issues onto what the aliens want from us or whatever, when it's really just, it could be something completely different. Yeah,
1: exactly. That's interesting,
0: too, like, taking into consideration our cultural thoughts yeah. about things yeah. and our time period.
1: All right. So, you know, the, so the question is, like, is, is this possible? You know? it's it possible? Yeah. And I, I mean, I had a few theories okay. Is that because I am skeptic. And, yes. So... The first one I had was okay. This takes place the TNT area. Yeah, is a was after it became after the factory went down. You know, and uh, the war was over, and they stopped producing uh, munitions there. It became a wildlife management area for birds. Oh. okay mostly birds <laughs> many many owls
0: so you're like yeah. Okay. Sandhill
1: cranes even were there oh, really? yeah, all these different type of birds so it's, it's a wildlife magnet so did they put birds area. there
0: or that? birds just showed up there or they put Yeah them it, was, there?
1: it was like an area that was heavily laden with with birds and owls <laughs> okay. and things like that so you know one theory is could it just be owls. Were they just
0: birds? Yeah.
1: Were they just birds that were freaking people out? Yeah. You know?
0: Like really uh, crazy birds. Yeah.
1: I mean, owls have those weird eyes, those big guys. You I know? mean,
0: I think you live in West Virginia. You know what an owl is versus a moth man. I'm going to say just with the hundreds of reports, but okay, yeah. fine. But again, remember,
1: it's late at night. You're looking for something.
0: That's true. When you are looking for something, it's easier to see it.
1: That's the thing, right. You know, it's like when, like, let's take these Bigfoot, you mentioned Bigfoot, like when these Bigfoot hunters go out (laughs) and they go out in the middle of the woods and they do like these shows on them sometimes, you know, they're looking for Bigfoot. So they hear like a noise instead of it being like a deer. It's like, oh, it's got to be Bigfoot. Bigfoot. You know, they hear like something fall instead of it being maybe a bear that they ran into as Bigfoot. Yeah. Yeah. Because
0: you're, you're narrowing your senses to just accept anything that. Yeah agrees with what you want
1: right yeah exactly so maybe owls i don't know i I mean it's a little stretch these people believe
0: themselves you know so i don't know i don't know yeah
1: i mean then there's theory is like a frenzy it's just a frenzy you know because there's so many sightings and so many people are coming into the town and they're looking for it and they're there night and day right i don't know you know think about it you go to the tnt area all right you you park your car there at 10 p.m you know you're sitting there what are you gonna do you have a beer you know, okay. you have a drink. You know, I mean, otherwise you would just sit there all day. You know, yeah, sit there for five hours.
0: It's 1960s. You don't have a phone. You're not right. looking at a cell phone. Yeah, what are you doing? Just
1: staring at the staring dashboard. At, for... Yeah, you're
0: staring at the sky. Or yeah, all right. Okay. So, I mean, This
1: media frenzy. You know, you want to get your name in the paper. You want to be, you know, stuff like that. So, so you think so that could be maybe part that of... could have added to the amount of sure. accounts. Mm-hmm. And th- and this is the one that for the men in black that I mean I, I think. For me, this is your theory. This is my theory. Okay, so it's in the TNT area, like we said. Mm-hmm. The, it's an am, it was an ammunition factory. The there's all these explosives underground. It, in the 1980s, they did a study on the land. Total hazardous waste.
0: Oh, just but just they put of, birds there. That's so mean.
1: Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, they, maybe yeah.
0: they're these, okay, like souped up birds.
1: Yeah, the. <laughs> la- <laughs> Radioactive birds.
0: Okay. So like big birds just coming at yeah, people like Yeah.
1: So I don't know. <laughs>
0: like Sesame Street you big know, bird.
1: Yeah. It so. <laughs> could be. That I mean that could be and a lot of people and this is another theory. A lot of people claim after they saw the Mothman like they passed in the years. <gasps> but maybe they were just hanging out too much in this radioactive <laughs> wasteland. Okay. All right, so but go on. you know, my my theory is: look, maybe these were people that wanted people to stay away from the area. So not, mean, not, not they weren't men in black. They weren't men. In, they were men in black, but they were maybe from the government, government or an agency, officials. or be, maybe they were like uh, a bunch of green dudes you know, from the agricultural department, like trying to get people to stay away.
0: Just really weird dudes. <laughs> yeah, just
1: really weird green people. You know, green the color like green, green not, not Martians. Yeah, right. <laughs> and and they were just like trying to get people like to mind their own business. We'd, they probably knew that the, the land was probably destroyed from like the chemicals. And you were saying West Virginia notoriously is bad on the land.
0: They're terrible at the land there. And yeah. maybe they
1: were just trying to get people to like not say anything. And maybe they wanted to keep this hush hush because they knew that it was a toxic waste. I know there's a lot
0: of corruption there with like the, the companies and how they treat the land and chemicals yeah. and things are probably not supposed to be doing. exactly. Yeah. So
1: maybe they were just trying to avoid like, lawsuits yeah, and... that's true. Who knows what they were trying to avoid, but they just didn't want people snooping around. Okay. And that's who these men in black were. They came and they, you know, harassed people. It's just weird
0: with the cars and the the, like, the whole thing like that. Yeah,
1: I, I know. I mean, look, I, I'm not sold either way on this. Yeah. I, I'm not like 100% sure.
0: I, you read the book, which yes. we'll link in the notes. You read the book. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I just know West Virginia is a weird vibe. And I really feel like something happened here. And I feel like there is more to this world than we see. Um, But the way that we pay attention to things sometimes is it just gets out of hand and we just – latch onto those out of hand details instead of the things that are the consistent things and the consistent things are so consistent. It feels like something actually was happening there. That was out of, out of our world or out of our understanding at this time.
1: Yeah. I I actually, I agree with that. Yeah, I actually do. Something went down there.
0: If you just keep the consistent details that everybody had, something happened. I agree. And and ignore kind of like the, the fringe stuff. I, something happened.
1: I, I totally agree. And it's, it, it actually is fascinating to me. Like, I've actually been, like, obsessed with it recently. Yeah. Ever since I started, I actually uh, <laughs> looked into it because I <laughs> went, and, hey, w- what happened to the Mothman after the-, the bridge collapsed? Yeah. And they said there was very few sightings in Point Pleasant, uh, but they did then turn it into, like, a tourism-type deal there now. They're, they have the Mothman Museum. It's the only one in the world, they wow. claim. Uh, I actually called them the other you day. Did? Yeah, I did. I didn't tell you that. You've I been did.
0: checking the Mothman camera. I've been I know che- that. They, have, they
1: have a live Mothman cam of the <laughs> statue that they have in the middle of town. Yeah. They have a festival in September. Oh. I'm like, just we gotta go. I know you really want to go. go. If I think someone on the page said they had been. Oh. I think they did. To the festival. Yes, festivals. they did. That's yes. the Mothman that saw the festival. Yeah, they
0: said it was a creepy experience.
1: Yeah, I want to know it. Tell, tell me what happened. If you're listening, <laughs> right in, right on the page. What yeah. happened there? I want to know what happens at this festival. I want to go to this festival. It's right out I think it's on my birthday. I think it's September twenty second. I think oh, it that's takes place. Perfect for you. you yeah, your
0: birthday. Then I might actually like my birthday you'd this like year. Then you like it that year. Um,
1: mm-hmm. I called the store because I was trying to get a picture of. They didn't write me back, and they didn't call me back um, of Connie Carpenter when we oh, were trying for the research. But I
0: found it. You yeah. did find
1: it. I ordered a shirt, so I got my Mothman oh, shirt great. coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so I I just want to you know it's like really fast. It's just fascinating. What
0: fascinates you about it? Cause you, you kind of don't believe it. So why no, I, are you I so into
1: it? It's like, I don't believe it. Like I, you
0: think it's souped up radioactive owls. So like, I know. what don't you believe? I just want to
1: know everything <laughs> that happened. I just want to know. I'm, tra- I'm just trying to piece it all together in my mind. Yeah. You know, try Cause I'm, oh, this account is just from John Keel and I don't take one person's account. I can't take, I can't take you everything can't from that. one person's account. You can't. So I've been just trying to get information from other places to see if I could piece it together to, to see if there's any real truth to this. And I think there is a little bit, I mean, I'm like I, I said, I, yeah, think so too. Yeah. I think
0: there's truth. It's just maybe less spectacular and more, yeah. I think, honestly, the paranormal is normal.
1: <laughs> that's yeah. the
0: thing. And if you took, and people would believe it more if they understood that, like, as we're trying to do here and demystified it a bit. And then if you think about it, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah,
1: that's true. Yeah, and I think t- today they say the, the Mothman's been flying around Chicago a lot. So
0: Mothman today, I had to look into it because I'm like, what, he just came in the 60s to Point Pleasant and that was it? Sure. No, I guess he's been around to a lot of different places. For example, it's been reported that the Mothman uh, had predicted the, kind of foretold the Chernobyl disaster in 1986. I guess there were sightings and then the Mexican swine flu outbreak in 09 and then sightings and then the 2011 nuclear disaster in uh, Fukushima, Japan. What what year
1: was Chernobyl? Uh, 1986. That was 1986. Okay. It's it's interesting that, that these around plants and then like power plants and things like that. Yeah. And also kind of Point Pleasant was kind of the same type of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We, and you wonder, is it government stuff that, that's what that was, we don't know or right. are they attracted because right. like that type of energy, where does nuclear, I mean, I'm super, here I go where does that even come from are we do we even know what we're tapping into thoroughly i'm sure there's nuclear scientists and physicists that could like oh this is and then like i'd be like okay but like what is that what are you tapping into it like what do you create when you make that yeah stranger things portals i think so i think so okay well anyways he's also been cited in the Chicago O'Hare Airport, oh, people, okay. and it's so much, it's like a thing. It's, it was in 2011, a couple of times, 2017, it really peaked, and even now, it's been seen hanging around the Chicago O'Hare International Airport, which is kind of scary. Um, this is a quote from a 17-year veteran of the U.S. Postal Service, okay? This is his quote, um This is what they said. I saw that this was not some person, but a red-eyed creature, and what appeared to be a coat were actually wings, which it spread out as it turned to look at me. And people are saying kind of the same things. It's like, you described humanoid legs, a tall figure, helicopter movements, the red eyes, and it's not being taken seriously, but it's happening enough that people... Are aware of it, apparently. I'd love to hear some of uh, our Chicago listeners. Yeah, we have a
1: lot of Chicago listeners. Have you
0: heard of this?
1: You know, I have a discussion group. There's a lot of people from Chicago in yeah. it. Yeah. I think one of them might actually have seen the Mothman. I'm going <laughs> <laughs> to have to ask them. No. Or maybe he's there for the deep-dip dish pizza. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, now if he is a harbinger of bad things, Chicago is always in the news. Yeah. And I actually have talked to... Some people from Chicago in our discussion groups, and they they say, you know, there's so much violence, so much crime. Some of yeah. the stories they were telling us are just random killings on. They were telling me random killings on highways and things it's like bad that. Right it's bad, right
0: there. I know. Like, I I listened to some report lately. The the police department they feel desensitized.
1: It's happening so much. Right. It's
0: absolutely horrific.
1: So that would fall in line with the idea that he the Mothman came to tell them of the, the things bridge. are getting bad
0: here. Yeah, like a like a bad
1: vibe. Yeah, although no. Again, no, when, when the, going back to the Mothman again with, this, with the Silver Bridge, no one ever said it was going to be the bridge. You know, no, they all thought some doom was happening, but no one said it was the bridge, you know.
0: But Mary Hires' premonitions to me were kind of, those are specific with the gifts and the water. I mean... It, it could be. Okay, here's the deal. We asked the Mystic Michaela spiritual family to give us your supernatural encounter stories. And you guys... Not only delivered, like, it is the most bone-chilling thread I feel like I've ever read on. And, and the when we did the Glitch in the Matrix episode, you guys brought it then, too. But this stuff's, like, freaky. And some of you, I could tell you, you're like, fine, I'll tell it. I've been holding this for years because I know people think I'm crazy. So these are really good stories. And here's one of them.
1: Yeah. And I just want to say this. Yeah. I might not believe John A. Keel, <laughs> But when it comes to people of the mystic Michaela spiritual family, I'm more likely to believe them. So I haven't gotten through them all either. Yeah, We haven't. They just keep coming in. They're amazing. And that's why we're going to do this again next week. But let's uh, let's hear it.
0: So you got to hear this one. Okay. So this is from Jessica. She says, all right. When I was about eight years old, my mom and I shared a room and slept in bunk beds with me on the top. One night we both saw a humanoid figure appear in the corner of the room. He was about 10 feet tall and wearing clothes made out of a fabric I've never seen before or since. His clothes were black, but sort of faintly sparkly or iridescent and appeared to be reflecting light from somewhere else. He crossed the room to stand next to the bunk beds on the long side near our heads. He crossed his arms, bent over, looked me in the face and smiled, then he stood back up backed back into the corner and disappeared my mom says that while he was while this was happening she felt like he was keeping her from moving somehow not in a harmful or malicious way just in a i'm here for her not you sort of way i guess
1: that yeah, that's great. And in the book, John Keel does all, a lot of the people that he interviews that had these encounters with these men in black. They like could the they in, couldn't move. A lot that, of them could not that's move. That's
0: crazy. And then the tele- telepathy that conversation, like you yeah. know, um so it sounded like a men in black situation to me.
1: So, yeah, cuz the clothes. Yeah, the too. clothes, the black,
0: yeah. all that. Okay. We had so many of these stories. My initial plan was to actually read some of them on here. I didn't realize this recording would take this long. And I do not want to rush through these stories. And actually some of your stories have a lot to do with other phenomena and events. So I would, my, i just, this is what we want to do. We want to do this next week so we can take your stories and link them to phenomena and events and get more in depth.
1: Definitely. And also if, if you have you been to the Mothman <laughs> festival?
0: Take Scott with you.
1: Please, yeah, first of all take me with you. If anyone has a like an in there, you know, I want to go. Give get me some VIP. Go. I want a VIP ticket. You, you want know, I'm you know, red. I have to be a VIP you
0: ticket. You know the TNG. Yeah, I got yeah, I got to
1: get into all the sites. I got to bring all the equipment, you know, I got to probably bring the long-haired ghost hunter with me yes. just for fun. And yeah, I, So, it, and if you have any Mothman sightings, I know I wrote it on the <laughs> Facebook Nobody page. Nobody believed it, And everyone thinks I'm joking, <laughs> but I'm actually serious. So if you have seen the Mothman or you had a sighting, put it down. Keep going on the thread. We're not going to close the thread. Uh, I still got to get through a lot of those to read. I'm going to read them all.
0: Yeah, we're going to group uh, them into categories. We're going to try to
1: group them into categories For next week. We thought we can pull it off in this episode. We can't. We can't. We, it's we just, just can't. It's, it's too, too cool. much.
0: It's too cool. It's too cool. And we opened up a portal now.
1: And I. <laughs> and then the other thing is, I'm like still fascinated with this. So I wanted to keep going. I want to keep going with this Mothman stuff. So. Okay. All right.
0: So this podcast is for you and about you, and we're so glad you spent some time with us today. <laughs>